Please listen carefully. Hello. <laughs> this is Books with Brooks, a podcast about the books we love, why we think they're important, and why you should read them. I'm Jesse. I'm Elijah. And welcome to Chapter 3. Nail it. Good job. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> yes, because you always do that part. <laughs> always. This is like the third time we've done yeah, it. Yeah, wow. So many times. <laughs> Really hog I get I get nervous when like it's a specific script I have to follow because I'm always nervous. I'm gonna forget what to say yeah. and I'm just gonna botch it. Just fine. So literally, I read that off the screen in front of me, so I didn't get it wrong. Just so you all know, <laughs> she's on script, everybody, okay, and that's not, the only time she will be this whole time. Exactly. Okay. Anyways, chapter three. Chapter three is about evangelism. Great. So we are moving. From what happens inside the church, so to speak, we yeah. talked about worship. Now we're moving to what we may understand is happening outside the walls of the church. Mm, way to phrase that. Evangelism, right? Okay, and we have to talk about our last chapter because there's no way around it. There's no way around <laughs> it. That's right. Hot dang. It's important. Scott talks about the preeminent responsibility of the church is to is to worship. Worship, right? And we even talked about a little bit how. Maybe it can be our misconception mm-hmm. that evangelism is our preeminent duty as Christians. Yeah. And not worship. Yeah. Um, and that's something we agreed with, with Stott. Yeah, we did. But now we're talking about evangelism. Yep, we are. So we're going to, we got to talk about what evangelism is, what its role is, um, who does evangelism, mm-hmm. what the purpose of it is. And all yeah. these things, it's place. Yeah, where is its yeah. where is its place? Um, so Elijah, what can you define what evangelism is in context of like what John Stott is talking about? Which yeah. I guess in whole is the definition of evangelism. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's sp- spreading the good news. It's to spread good news. And when we talk about evangelism in the context of the church, it's the good news of Jesus, the good story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but and could that also be, like, just the entirety of the Bible, which I guess is all about Jesus, but right. there's a lot more to it than just the gospel. Right, sure. But as we, and well, I mean, and that talk, I mean, it talks about our target audience, too, right? Oh, that's very true. You spread the good news of Jesus to people who don't know or don't believe the good news about Jesus. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So I think, but you're right, that is, it's the whole story <coughs> of Scripture is God redeeming his people to himself. Which is good news, too. Yeah, which is great news. Part of the whole thing, we need it. it. <laughs> okay. So, so that's the definition. Yeah, that's just... Uh, I mean, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's what the the word that evangelism comes from means, is <clears> to spread good news. And what is our good news? It's the good news of Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection. Yeah, so starting with that, you know, we, we looked back on chapter 2 as this, the introduction to chapter 3, right? So, with that in mind, um, do you think we overemphasize evangelism? Whoa. Or... Hard-hitting. It is very hard-hitting. But I soon, like, I wrote this in the book on the first page because it talks about, this is, you know, we just talked about evangelism and how it's an arm from worship. Yeah. So, now we're breaking it down. Or extending that arm and going out to it. So, you know, do we overemphasize it? Because we, you know, a lot, we just said last time, we think 
that's our main objective mm. as the church, but it's not. Mm. So are we putting, or is it that we have it, we don't have it in its rightful place? Mm. Or like, or do we think it's a one size fits all? It's like a list of priorities. You mean like in its wrongful place? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably more of what it is. I don't think we can overemphasize <laughs> evangelism. Yeah. Because um, certainly it is our words, what we say. Mm-hmm. Evangelism is also a lot of, I mean, probably most of it for the majority of people we come into some sort of contact with is our actions, our lives, mm-hmm. right? Um what we do, what we think, what we say, how we act. Um, so you can't underemphasize it, but I mean, over overemphasize it, underemphasize. I don't even know. You can't <laughs> uh, make too much of a. Vi- you can't. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying, and yeah. everybody listening understands what I'm saying. But it could. I guess you're right. Oh, well, I hope so. Yeah, it could be in its wrongful place. Because again, we agree with Stott, and we think this is the precedent in scripture that worship is what we are called to do first and foremost. Is yeah. worship God, but but you're right. Evangelism is, in a sense, is part of. It's part of worship. It's what we do for God. Yeah, so, kind of looked at it in both spots. Now yeah. let's actually go into the chapter. Yeah, so I think. Stott does something really important here, um, in distinguishing who does evangelism, because. <laughs> it's really easy for us to only talk about evangelism being. Um, a thing that individuals do. And it's certainly the case. Yeah. You know, people know people, and you talk to the people you know, and hopefully you're sharing the good story about Jesus with people you know, the good news mm-hmm. about Jesus. Um, but evangelism... Do we make it like an occupation, kind of? Is that what you're saying? I think, like, definitely traditionally, things have been done like that. And I think if we don't view it as an occupation, we view it as something... That always certain people do. Yeah, like a really serious hobby that certain <laughs> people are really good at, like woodworking. Okay, I want to come back to that a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, but, I have thoughts on that. But, um, Stop would suggest that the responsibility uh, for evangelism is for the local congregation as a whole. And he, he writes, Local church evangelism is the most normal, natural, and productive method of spreading the gospel today. Later on, he says, moreover, these responsibilities of the universal church, so what's given to all Christians of all time and all places, devolve on each local church. So that responsibility for evangelism, which is for all Christians, does not first become the individual responsibility of a single people, mm-hmm. but first becomes the responsibility of the local church. So where does that come from? Because that... That's biblical. Yeah. So he takes that principle from looking uh, at First Thessalonians. Can I read that? Yeah. So we know what we're talking about. First Thessalonians 1. Uh, I have it right here. So First Thessalonians 1. I'm going to read 4 through 6. Cool. A little bit 8. Um, for we know brothers loved by God. Oh, for we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in the power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you and for your sake, or among you for your sake, and you become imitators of us and of the Lord, for you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, and then 8 says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from, in, from you in Macedonia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. Mm-hmm. So there's that communal aspect, right? They didn't hear the word from just Paul. <laughs> but then also at the same time, he's writing to a church and saying, it's gone out from you. He's not saying, dear church in Thessalonica, yada, 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 huda, huda, wada, and <laughs> Billy, the whole world has heard of the gospel Billy. because of you. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, hey, church, local church in this place. Boom. Yeah. And isn't that funny? I want to touch on that. It's communal. Yeah. We can't do it on our own. Yeah. So, another extension from worship. Yeah. Right? The congregational element of it. Yeah. Mind blown! (laughs) But really, are we? Okay, that was a really tacky thing to say. I kind of wish I didn't say it. Not getting edited out. You can laugh at me. You're going to have to live with that. (laughs) I'm going to make you live with that. Okay, go on. But yeah, um, just it's that communal ele- element. So it's what our churches are involved in doing. Mm-hmm. This can be a myriad of ways, but this, and that depends on where you are, which is also, it's a local church, a communal body of people reaching the place where they are. Hence, mm-hmm. local church and local church evangelism. Doing it where mm-hmm. you are. So what's the, like, what wouldn't it be a local church? Do we have an understanding of that? If, if the heavy, you know, like, what isn't a local church? That's probably a better question. What is not a local church? I mean, if the majority of your people are coming from 40 minutes away. It's not a local church. And they're driving past X amount of good churches they could go to on the way. It's not a good thing. Okay. Interesting. There's a, there's a... Do you think that's controversial? I don't think it's controversial. I don't think a lot of people thought about it that way. There it is. Think about it that way. But I don't think it's controversial. A lot of these things, I think, like, we don't, we just, I think I wrote this in the book. Sometimes we just don't think about it. Yeah. We don't, we don't break it down far enough to give it proper thought. Hmm. We just kind of take what we're fed and don't Mm -hmm. think about it. Yeah. But. We need to think about it. Yeah. Which and goes along with evangelism to some extent. is encouraging, mm-hmm. and what we're doing here, encouraging people to actually give thought to what is being shared, what they're reading, what they're learning, what they're experiencing, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I wanted to have this stock quote for later. Um, is it later? No, but I'm going to use it now. <laughs> Because there is a sense in which it's important to also be local and your people be local because it's where you are, mm-hmm. where your church is, it's where those people are, it's where mm-hmm. they live their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's a biblical pattern we see is that their church is a part of their living their lives in their community, mm-hmm. in their local community, and even just practically. It's odd to think that I would live my life in one area and then in a whole nother area go to church. So it's actually going back to the beginning of all of this and saying, do we understand the purpose of church Hmm. and the purpose of worship? Yeah. And 
fact, we could go down that road for a long time. But we're not, because that's not the topic we're talking about. But I think that gives a good overview for you, our listeners, to have conversations with other people about what we're talking about, what you're learning, um, what we really want to encourage yeah. you to do, all in all. Can I read one more quote before you do your thing? Oh, yeah. Because it ahead. relates to that. It's about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sorry, did you not actually read it? No, that was a different quote. Oh, that's another one. This is a this is a quote that talks about just I should have known. about that local community part. But right. he Stott just says when we're evangelizing to our local communities, he says, Thus biblical theology mm-hmm. and practical strategy combine to make the local church the primary agent of evangelism. You have you have the body, you have the group of people doing it, the organization, that's a, not a term I do not like for church, but you know, to put it crudely, an organization and grouping of people mm-hmm. with um, the know-how, the DNA, the biblical theology part, right? Mm-hmm. And you have the place in which you do the work. The local to, community, they have to go together. where your church is and where you're living. Yeah. Boom. It's very interesting. I think it's great. It is. A lot, lot of thought to be put there. I can see you're stewing, but you want I'm to move stewing, on. I'm stewing, but it's... it's I'm starting to think of the conversations that we could have about that with other people. Yeah. And learning other people's perspective and thoughts on that. Because I think it can be an interesting chat with people. Yeah. I think. So, please go do that with your friends, your family, your church members, whoever you want. Just talk to somebody about it. Or anything. <laughs> um, okay, so... Before we go into like the categories or the structure in which Stott talks about evangelism. By the um, way, this is an enormous chapter. It's huge. So, I shouldn't say huge. It's not like 100 pages, but it's a very big not. chapter. It's really big. Especially it's a long time to read. <laughs> especially, you know, if we don't want to be talking for an hour or I mean, making yeah. you listen to us for so an hour. We're it's just, a big chapter. Yeah, and so we're just like scraping the surface on a lot of this. So please go read it. Scraping. Anyways. I just really want to touch on this very quickly, so be quick no, about your it. answer. No, I love it. Let's go. Okay. 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 I know. Um, That's I nice talk? for shut up. Who am I to talk? <laughs> um, okay. So then what, then what is evangelism? So reflecting on all that we've talked about up to this point, is it a duty? Is it a spiritual gift? Is it worship? Or is it a witness? Slash could it be all of the above? Wow, because I was going to say yes, 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 and yes. So, all of the above. But what if I don't have that spiritual gift? Wow, that's amazing. So, we have to reckon with that there are people who are gifted for evangelism, right? There are people who, Scripture talks about it, names names evangelism one of the gifts. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, does that just mean I have to work harder at it? Or work smarter. Smarter, not harder. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah, your high school sports coach sloganeering there. That was great. I'm no, but there's there's an essence in which people are like particularly gifted for it, but it is a duty mm-hmm. because it's good news that we have and Or good... a responsibility. Can duty and um, responsibility be shifted? I think they're kind of the same okay. thing. Okay. I'm probably lean it's a responsibility we have, but we, again, we, I think, maybe lean more towards duty because it's a command Christ gives to his disciples before right. he leaves them mm-hmm. in Acts 1 8. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have good life saving news, mm-hmm. 
And that's what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. And you're not willing to share it? Mm-hmm. What does that say? Mm-hmm. You, you either don't believe it, you're just kind of going along, or you don't love other people? Yeah. I mean, so in... I don't want to say, like, it's a duty in the sense of if you don't, mm-hmm. too bad. Bummer for you, you miss out. Mm. Or, but I, we have to, it is a serious thing. It is serious. But I think that also talks about is that evangelism isn't... Well, do we see that as evangelism? Like, when we're talking to our friend about God, do we view that as evangelism? Or do we just view that as sharing the gospel, do we have a wrong definition of what it means? I could go on and on with these So what questions. do you mean? So what do you mean by that? I think that sometimes, like, because at least my understanding or view of it, because we have made evangelism to seem somewhat occupational, or uh, um, it's in its own section and not fluid with everything else. For a certain else, special few. It well, we it. I think sometimes we don't make it fluid with the rest of. Like what a Christian looks like, or what the mission of the church is, yeah. right? And so sometimes we think, oh, I can share with my friend, or the you know I know them really well. I can share with them. That's not seen as evangelism. That's seen as I'm just talking to my friend about what I believe. But actually, that is evangelism, yeah. and that's why like it needs. It's a much bigger. That's why I asked that question. I think is because oh, so it's a witness I as get well. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's huge witness. I mean, yeah, that's a good great word that I can't believe I forgot. Witness. Yeah. And that's a good point you make. It's like, if you're talking about uh, to a friend about what you believe and you believe the good news of Jesus, one better be coming up and we're assuming that it is, that's evangelism. So evangelism is actually part of our everyday. Oh, yeah, way more than I think we, we realize. realize. Alright, so in that, <clears throat> let's go, let's, let's exit that question, but keep it in mind. Um, John Stott talks about how um, the local church, right, is supposed to view this uh, in a way of biblical theology and practical strategy going together. That's like the primary agent of evangelism. Uh. So in that, he organizes it this way, that we must understand, the church, the local church must understand itself, so the Mm. actual theology of the church. It must organize itself, as in the structure of the church, express itself, um, so the message of the church, and be itself, so the life of the church. So that takes us into the church must understand itself and its theology. Boom. It matters. That's the first head title. It matters. And you're a theologian. If you say or think things about God, you're a theologian. So read your Bible, study mm-hmm. it, do all that. Buy commentaries to help read other books, but you're a theologian, and it's important. If you're going to evangelize and talk to people about the about Jesus, better darn know, well know what you're talking about. Okay. You're a theologian. You are. Trust me, you are. How many times have you had to say that to me? I you? will say it <laughs> a lot. But it's true, and you know it's true, and yeah. it is true for all of you listening. He's you are too. He's literally pointing at the screen right now. It's not just for a bunch of people who He's have um, their nose stuck in a book or are really smart. Everybody is. I think I'm theologian. smart. My nose you isn't are stuck in a book. smart. I mean, we're t- <laughs> anyways. <laughs> okay, 
So Jesse just blew up my soapbox. No, I'm very sorry. That's fine. Okay. I'm not mad. Good. So, um, you're talking about theology, teaching, sharing, using our voice. Here we go. I'm about to drop a bomb on you. You ready? Evangelism is not so much always our teaching in our voice as in a planned purpose. No. Like going into like a conversation, ready to say. But we talk about as if it's always our voice in a conversation that's actually telling about Jesus, that that's all evangelism is. I'd argue that and say it is, that is part of it. The other part is caring action and humility. So... The pressure to always share with your words no longer stands because this means that you need to live a life in Christ. So you live out what you're learning, what your theology is teaching you, who God is, how you worship him, mm-hmm. how that relationship, you know, that whole thing. You know, we're transformed, we're made new. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you're living that out, how you act, how you respond um, how you care for people, um, how you do your work, how you, you know, everything, you know, then shines in glory to the Lord, right? So both, um, you, you can do this with both believers and non-believers, and both are evangelism. Yeah. Boom. How will they know that you're my disciples? By the way, you love one another. Oh, yes. And it's and not this, always through our words. We don't this, always have to have something to say. And this is, this gets back to what you were asking about earlier. Is that, like, is everyone in a van? Is everyone supposed to evangelize? Yeah. because yeah, y'all got living, beating hearts, and you're walking around living your life. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. We always think we need to say something. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit does work that way. He does. Mm-hmm. Show you what we must saying. be prepared to do so. Yes, we must be prepared to do so, but we don't always have to do that. Because sometimes, like, I don't want to hear what someone has to say. I don't need to hear anything. Mm-hmm. I just want to be cared for, or I need to be cared for. And the Holy Spirit works in that way as well. Evangelism's not a one-trick pony. Oh, I like that. Not a lot. Put that in my grave. That'd be my epitaph. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Next. The church must organize itself, its structures. So I want, I'm going to ask you this, okay? I want you to answer this. So John Stott says, The most common fault is for the church to be structured for holiness rather than worldliness, for worship and fellowship rather than mission. Can you expand? <laughs> or respond? or? What do you think? There's the book. <sighs> Let's see. Where is this? There it is. Mm-hmm. I underlined it. Yeah, you And wrote that. expand by it. I see that. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, that's I me. Mean, that's a very... It's an interesting statement. And even... Reading that, I was thinking about it. Um... Like, that's interesting. So, again, we're talking about structures. We're talking specifically about evangelism. Right. And this is, again, in the context of him saying that our primary duty is worship. Yes. So there's already that element of holiness. 
Right? So I'm just going to take the, base, right? yeah, so I'm just going to take this to mean that um, we're not just supposed to be a bunch of holy roller steamrolling people. Wow. We're supposed to be in the world, though we're not of it. We are supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be light. We're supposed to be actively engaged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're to go out and do that. Yeah. I do want to make, like, a little side comment mm-hmm. here as we talk of, like, I, words have, hold a lot of meaning, and sometimes the words we use, like, holy rollers, to describe a group of people. Sorry. Or I speak hyperbolically. Yeah, but I just want to say, you know, like, there's no ill intent. The mm-hmm. words do have, hold a lot of meaning, and sometimes we all interpret that differently, and... I think something that we both, to being transparent, that's something we all have to continue to work on. So, just as a side note, like, that has been something that's been heavy on our minds. Mm. Um, And even as we talk about this, we see how, oh, actually, that could have a different connotation to somebody else. Um, And I think that's important to state in that. So, not to throw you under the bus, but, you know, we've talked about that. That's Mm -hmm. something we're trying to be more aware of, and I'd encourage everybody listening to be more aware of. It's important. That's my two cents. <laughs> so anyways, just expanding. I mean, essentially what Stott's talking about is that the church isn't static. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're not inflexible. That we... You know, we want people to come in, but mm-hmm. people must be going out. Like, there's a book, it's called Gaining by Losing, I think. I haven't read it. I've heard it's really good. But essentially that's the idea is her goal isn't necessarily to build massive churches, Mm -hmm. but we gain by losing by sending people out into the world, right? So Mm -hmm. even, like, gaining by losing, for instance, is church is getting bigger, it's getting to a certain size. How do you gain by losing? You plant a church out of your church, in an area that is unchurched or needs a church mm-hmm. with people in your congregation who live in that area. Gained by losing. I think that's what he's talking about. I think, like, that's really important. That's really huge. Mm-hmm. Because we have to ask ourselves is how are we evangelizing and what's our strategy in doing so? Mm-hmm. Small plug here. You know, we're very... We love that idea, which is why I asked you that question. You know, like... So, AT3 is a ministry we started with when we went to the UK. Alliance for Transatlantic Theological Training. And the whole purpose for AT3 is to send workers into local churches to be trained, to be worked, and to help those churches in a post-Christian world who don't have a lot of workers at the, you know, right now train up workers you know, themselves. Yeah. So the purpose is not, you know, it's, it's to train up leaders and to send them out. Train up leaders in a um, mature, under a mature leader. Uh-huh. Um, pastor, uh, and and to send them out, mm. right? So that's essentially what you're talking about, but that's also out of the leadership role, too. Just mm-hmm. adding like, a little AT3 plug in there. Wow, but also, shameless. shameless. You're employed now. But also, like, because just to emphasize, like, that is very important, and mm-hmm. the local church needs to have that in there. Yeah. Here. yeah. Um, so I had another quote for you I want to read. Right. I was all, I was going to move on, so go on. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw another quote back at you. This is a little different. 
again, it's thinking about the structure of our churches and how they evangelize. Mm -hmm. It's really important. And there are a few elements that we need to talk about with this. Um, So we talked about that idea and that quote you just threw out. Here's another one. This is a little meandering thought, Stott has. He said, I sometimes wonder if it would be healthy for church members to meet only on Sundays. Then we would gather on Sundays and scatter for the rest of the week. We would come to Christ for worship and then go for Christ in mission. Mm. Wow. What do you think about that? <laughs> um, I see what he's getting at. But I would say, like for us, right, our church, Cornerstone in Edinburgh, we do city groups. Mm. That is a huge evangelical thing for us as well. That's our evangelistic. First... Yeah, what I say, evangelical. evangelical. <laughs> evangelistic, because um, you you think about mm-hmm. like that's door one. Mm. If we're talking mm. about the door to the church, but the door, the door to the door to the church, you know, yeah. talk about that and and. Um, a lot of, you know, there's two doors that we have, and in order for them to walk through the main door, they have to walk through the first door. Yeah. And that first door is, like, relationships with mm-hmm. Christians. Right. And especially in a post-Christian world, which is the basis of this book, mm. and that we cannot forget about. Yeah. Um, and I think, but that's still, it's not... The so, church meeting for another church service. Okay, it's a, so I think it's that's... It's a church gap, but it's still gathering. We're sure, still gathering. I think what he's getting at, though, is the idea of that we meet at church for quote-unquote church things. Okay, so what do you say about prayer meetings? Like Wednesday night prayer meetings? It's okay. It's not the same? No, I think what he's just talking about is that I think what... I mean, again, he's writing this book 13 years ago. This book was published. Um, things obviously changed in 13 years, but there can be, there's a, it's something that's really easy to do is that our schedule is full the whole week. I see what you're saying. Of doing things. Of just doing things, but not having. church with church people. And not being in the community, you mean? You got eight Bible studies, you got, and, yeah. And there's yeah, yeah. no one new coming in, the yeah. community's not engaged in it. Yeah. Okay, then I would agree with what he's saying that. Yeah. But so, I thought about exactly what you thought about, too. Was that your first, like, line of thinking? Yeah, but then I started thinking about, like, a little bit about, like, what his context is in what he's saying. Because he's already heightened up the importance of worship and all yeah. this so much. Um, but I think what you bring up is a great point. Even the way in which we can meet together, because there's also a sense in that we should be living our lives together out in the community that we all live in, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be weird if... And talking about this idea of the local church and its members live in the community that mm-hmm. we see each other and don't say anything mm-hmm. or that we don't spend time with each other, mm-hmm. that would be really weird. Mm-hmm. And who wants to go to that church or hang out with that group of people? You know what I mean? Especially when we're talking about evangelism. Well, so what we were created for. Yeah. That goes back to creation so, and Genesis, right? Yeah. So, you know, like the city group thing, for example. Yeah. Huge place. 
I mean, it's a great place to bring people together and you eat a meal in somebody's house. Yeah, it's like, great. You're friends and you're bringing more, more friends. people to. Yeah. You want to bring someone, <coughs> you're bringing them to your friends and it's nice for them, sorry. Drink some water. You know, and so, but we, you know, we do that whether it's going out to eat together, going for mm-hmm. coffee together, going to a pub together, or whatever. Yeah, so that that's a that quote is a good entrance into like the last two organizational things yeah. that um, Stop talks about, which is um, ex- the church expressing itself and being itself. Uh-huh. So the message and life of the church, which those two go very much hand in hand. Yeah. And I think the leave of us talking about city groups or um, Bible studies in people's homes or being involved in the community, which all those are, mm. if we do it, if we have that in mind like we should, then um, that expresses those two things. I mean, we shouldn't just be saying, saying this is a community of people who love each other. Yeah. That should be evident. Well, like you said, they will know that you love me, by the way. That, you know, yeah, you are <laughs> essentially. Um, huh. No, that's good. So, we're talking about evangelism, we're talking about being a local community, we're talking about structures. How does your church go out and live in its local community? And I think this brings us to something that's really important for all of us in the whole of our Christian lives is the need for constant reflection. Right. Um, it's thought touches upon this, and it's just something we've been learning a lot um, through the people we know, and, um, people we've learned from, is that we need to constantly be reflecting on ourselves and our, and our community. Yeah. <coughs> um, it ranges from asking the question to ourselves, are we reaching others? Um, to asking the question of what kind of people live in our community? What are the desires, the interests of people in our community? How is our community changing? Does it look different than it did five, ten years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a need for constant reflection on the structures of the church, but then also the community that it exists in. Yeah. I think that's something that can be very easily overlooked. Like, we've been doing X mm-hmm. event... Mm-hmm. or mission strategy for a certain number of years. Mm-hmm. Been doing it for 20 years. We're going to do it that way because that's what we've always done. It's a very easy thing to do, right? Take Especially if it's time. worked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But your community may not be serviced by whatever you're doing or be able to relate with, with, with what you're doing. Um, and it gets back to that. Are our members involved in the local community so that they know what that is? Mm-hmm. So, essentially, you know, the church is supposed to be God's new society. Whoa. John Stott said that, not me. No, I don't remember reading that. I'm reading it right now. Dang it. I'm giving <laughs> you credit. Uh, and I think that's a good point to end on. Yeah. You know, we're only scratching the surface of this topic. Um, big that's, chapter. That's a big chapter. Big topic. It's very big. But it's very important to keep talking about so talk about it with those um, in your church, your community, um, your friends, your family, uh, your spouse, yourself, God. Talk to everybody. Because yeah. it is important. It's something that we need to be prayerful about because it's something that 
we can easily put our own opinions and our own take on because it's very active. Yeah. I mean, everything that yeah. we do involving worship and evangelism and church culture and being the living church um, calls for some sort of action. But in this one, in every category, it's very easy for us to run with it based on our own agenda. Mm. And we have to be very careful, which, again, ties us back to Scripture. So, that said, I want to leave you with that quote of the church is supposed to be um, God's new society, but also with some Scripture, which is what? Um, where is it? Ah, oh, poop. I lost it. <laughs> Say something so it's not a silence. I okay. have to find it. <laughs> um, to add to that, it's God who saves people. Mm-hmm. It's not your evangelistic effort necessarily. It's not you. Um, which is a great relief and also a great reminder. Mm-hmm. It's God's power who saves. Yes. Not yours. He uses you. But Scott's power. Yeah. First John four twelve. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God is invisible, nobody has ever seen him. All that human beings have ever seen of him is a glimpse of his glory, of the outs of the outshining of his being. If you like books with Brooks, subscribe, <laughs> share. Um I don't know if you can rate this, but give it the yes, we'll find out uh, we're honest review of five stars because the quality of everything we produce is five stars. So cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>